It's good for you overall. Yeah, this is great. This is it's a dream, man. The headline is risking it all. Yeah, I think that's where we're going with this. With Dan Riskin. Welcome back. We're going to talk to Dan Riskin about the future of hearing. Dan, great to talk to you. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, this is uh, not necessarily surprising, but I'll tell you why, uh, about where the placement of the hearing aid is. They're talking about inside the mouth. Tell me about this and, and why uh, why it's a it's a possibility. Wait, wait, wait. When I read that they were talking about putting hearing aids in people's mouths, I thought that was surprising, but you say you don't think that's surprising? So people who know me, I talk about this too much. I'm a cyclist, but um, some cyclists have this new form of... Uh, of headphone that that plants on the side of the cheek, well, not that, in the ear, and in your mouth or outside your mouth. Outside, outside. Okay, but yeah. but but that's why this didn't surprise me because the connection to the mouth versus oh, the ear, the bone conduction, the bone headphone. conduction thing. Yeah, and I've never tried them, but they swear by them because they can hear outside and hear music at the same time. I don't know. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I once uh, demoed some of the. So I used to work on Daily Planet on Discovery Channel. We had something called High Tech Toys Week, where we yeah. would have these, all these toys brought into the studio from all over the place. You know, crazy things. And they had some of these, and we were ready to put them on and show show how great they worked. And when I put them on, I couldn't hear a thing. Really? And so then we had to take it off because I couldn't reliably look into the camera and say these are amazing. These these work. I can hear anything. No, none of that. So. We ended up, it may have just been a bad model, mm. but yes, I do know that bone conduction is kind of this like new frontier in terms of hearing. So, so yeah, the idea here is to take the hearing aid, make it not such a big thing on the side of the head or even in the ear canal uh, to, to try to move that machinery so that it doesn't stand out as much. And uh, the inside of the mouth is a good uh, candidate place for uh, some apparatus to go because it's, it's hidden there. And so... Um, the idea that they have is what they want to do is if somebody gets a tooth replacement uh, where you're already putting a false tooth and you're you're attaching it to the bone, you're you're putting it in place, mm-hmm. uh, anchoring it so that it's going to be a, a solid attachment, maybe that's a good place to have a speaker. So maybe you've got a microphone outside somewhere uh, that the person wears, and then that connects through radio frequency perhaps, and then goes to the speaker that's inside the mouth that then amplifies the sound and vibrates the tooth slash the mouth slash the head and then sends those sound waves to the hearing apparatus which is inside your head and uh and that would work and so this was a test of of uh basically are would you be sensitive to those sounds and so all they did for this study was to just hold a vibrating thing up against people's false teeth Mm. that are anchored into their mouths and it's a, a basically a bone conduction vibrator and they played music with it and and looked at how sensitive what kind of volume people needed to hear it and found that it worked quite well uh lower jaw or upper jaw worked just fine uh front of the mouth was a little bit more sensitive than the back of the mouth uh which was a bit of a surprise but nonetheless it seems like a technology that could be uh worth working on because part of the resistance, of course, is that people can see hearing aids and they connect all sorts of things with it. Oh, you're aging, you're older, and people yeah. people just don't like that, so they tend to just not wear them and they miss out on a lot. If it's not visible, that that would be a big boost. Yeah, absolutely. And for the person who's perceiving it, and, and maybe more for the person who feels self-conscious having it. I mean, but but either way, it's a possibility. Now, there are a lot of questions. I mean, so sure. what if the battery dies? Do I have to get a tooth replacement? Like, how does that all come together? And if it can be open to replace the battery, 
you know, is, is, does that create hazards in the mouth? And do I have to be careful about it? Uh, do I treat it just like other teeth when I'm brushing? Uh, you know, all these kinds of questions come up, but uh, it's, it's that, it's that slow migration towards becoming bionic that, uh, that many people might be making. Mm. Um, it's a neat idea for sure. And you know what, from an evolutionary perspective, it's, it's extra neat because, the bones in our ears, in the middle ear, the hammer, the incus, and the stapes, the, those three bones that transmit sounds in the middle ear, right after the eardrum, those actually, they have their origins as jaw bones. And it's thought that the first vertebrates that came up on land sensed vibrations by putting their jaw on the floor mm. and feeling the footsteps of dinosaurs and other things. And that that's where the vibration sensitivity came in. And then over evolutionary time, those bones became specialized for sensing vibrations, got smaller and moved up into the head and different bones came and became part of the jaw. So the, the bones that we have in our middle ear are the, uh, the homologs to the, to the bones that are in fishes that work as the jaw. So it's, there's a neat long history between the jaw and hearing that makes this kind of a satisfying story for me to tell. Wow. Um, I didn't know that of course, about, about our ancestors coming up and listening, uh, on, so the, the thinking is, is that they would press their, uh, head they lie down the, with their jaw down, on yeah, the ground to, to yeah, hear I mean, for safety. For all the things we use hearing for now, and then it just got more and more. So when you're underwater, sound is super easy to pick up because the sound travels through everything. Sound goes through water like four times faster. Mm -hmm. um, and so fish can hear. Fish make lots of noises. Um, but some of the fish came up on land. And when they did, they were these weird alligator looking things like the, the famous fossil Tiktaalik and other ones like it. And once they came up on land, um, they would have had a body that was built to sense sound in water. And so it would have been very hard to sense airborne sounds. And so the sounds that travel through the ground would have been more akin to the stuff that traveled through water. So the thought is that they first sort of started sensing those vibrations on the ground by putting their jaw on the ground. And then they slowly adapted over time to become used to those airborne sounds. And for that, you need a, a smaller bone that's, that bounces a little bit better. And it's a little bit more, um, a little lighter. And then the, the eardrum would have come in after that and the whole thing moved into the head and, and that's what we've got now. So it's a neat evolutionary pro progression. And it's cool that now when we're talking about how to fix people's hearing that's, you know, that's been lost, we're talking about going back to the jaw. I just mm. think it's, it's a neat Very poetic cool. thing. Dan Riskin, always great to talk to you. We learn stuff all the time. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate Take it. Care. Okay. That's Dan Riskin.